Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
Good morning, my friends. I'm your host and friend, Reverend Sharon McCain, and I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created to just focus on the tenet that Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus and prayer. Uh, we welcome we're non-denominational, so we welcome everybody that a Christian that just wants to read out of the Bible. And we read out of the Ryrie Study Bible, a Bible that I found by the trash can, and I've been reading it ever since. Now I'm on my second copy. And uh, in gratitude for many spiritual experiences that I've had, we had just had ongoing Bible readings every Sunday morning until we get to uh, the end of the Bible, Revelations. And uh, I'm just focused on being my real self and giving, carrying the message. That's it. So let's all bow our heads and in a great gratitude say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And we pray for the Christians who are being persecuted still worldwide. And that we pray for those who are suffering from violence from uh, at home and abroad. We pray for all those who are sick in mind and body and for those who have lonely lives. And we pray for them, their loneliness will be comforted by our Heavenly Father. We also ask Jesus to protect us from all evil spirits and any... uh, I'm sorry, let me start all over again. We pray for the suffering of domestic violence in their own homes and freedom from addiction from all kinds. Please, God... Send us your mighty Archangel Michael to fight against evil and protect uh, lives that are taken for distorted or evil reasons. We believe they have become martyrs and all your angels to watch over everyone. You know, God, our prayers will go out to all those who suffer in the world, including the animals that can't speak for themselves. We also pray for those who are in prison and those who are at war. We also pray for those who just need our help and then feel lonely in this world. And we also pray for our president and the rest of the policymakers. They have made decisions to make, and we are praying for all countries for problems and suffering all over the world. We thank you, God, for everything, and we ask Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care and to guide us and to follow his teachings and do the best thing we can every day, try to do our best. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And I want to let you know that you can also, if you don't have a Bible there, uh, you can also, uh, I'm having a little trouble with my computer. That's why I'm hesitating a little bit. But anyway, uh, clicking on everything. Um, so anyway, I just want to tell you that if you don't have a Bible, go to www.bibli.com, and then you can uh, uh, read it along with us. But if you have your Bible, get it out. Now, I uh, accidentally went ahead to... Um, to Colossians when I should have been in Philippians, but it was too late to change it all. So now I just wanted to let you know that we are reading in Colossians. I'll flip back to uh, Philippians um, next time, okay? So that's how we're going to deal with this. So anyway, uh, so this I'm going to read the uh, summary by Schmoop, and uh, they're a Harvard team of uh, 
students there that go through and they uh, give us a summary, and that's the one I read here this morning. So thank you, Schmoop. Anyway, here goes. It says, uh, hello again. Hey there, Paul again. This time he's writing to a group of Christians in Colossia, which is located now in Turkey, with his friend and co-author Timothy. Though, who are we kidding? Paul's totally running the show. So what's he got to say this time? Oddly enough, a lot of the same stuff he said to the Ephesians. He starts out by thanking God for the Colossians. High five, guys. And they know the truth about Jesus, and they're living good Christian lives because of it. See, they found out about Jesus from this guy named Eferis. Thank you, Eferis. And he told Paul all about his little students in Colossia. It was a good report. Paul still prays for them that they'll be strong in faith and keep growing and learning about God. Knowledge is spiritual power. God rescued all his followers from a life filled with sin and darkness. And now they're forgiven and hanging with God in his amazing kingdom. Not too shabby. What wouldn't Jesus do? All this happened because of Jesus. He's sort of a big deal. Jesus is a physical image of God who is invisible. He helped the big guy when he was creating the world. And an extra set of hands is always nice. Everything that exists was created through Jesus and for Jesus. He's more important than every single thing that's ever existed on this earth or any other place in the universe is because of Jesus. His very existence holds it all the creation together. If the church is like a human body, then Jesus is totally the brain, says Paul. He always is first in everything. He's also first the first to die. Well, to die on a cross to save all humanity. Because of that, God wiped clean the slate for humans to start over fresh. That's what. That's why we're happy. Anyway, Jesus also has many leather-bound books in his apartment smells of rich mahogany. No, I'm sorry, that's not true. Anyway, but seriously, Jesus is probably the most important and interesting guy in all of creation based on how Paul is describing him. Christians owe, Christ, owe Jesus one because they're at odds with God until he died. Now God has forgotten all about their sinful ways, and he'll let bygones be bygones. And as long as they keep the faith, Christians can keep up the good times with God going. All they need to do is believe in the stuff that Paul's told them to do. Easy peasy. Anyway, Orange is the new Paul. Just like in his letter to the Ephesians, Paul in prison while he's writing this little note. But don't cry for him, Colossia. All his struggles are for something greater than him. He's fighting the good fight for Jesus and to spread God's word around the Roman Empire. God chose Paul to tell all this stuff to the Gentiles and to help them come over to their light side of force. Anyway, so Paul's not worried, even though he has to rot in jail. He's cool with it because God approves. So thank you, Shmoo. So anyway, so now we're going to turn our, our Bibles to the Paul's letter to the Colossians. And I'm going to, we're going to read straight out of the Bible Remember, if you don't have a Bible, go to www.biblica.com. You can find it on there. So let's read it straight from the Word. Letter of Paul to the Colossians. Introduction. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and the faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossia, grace to you and peace to God our Father. And it's gratitude for the Colossians' faith. We give thanks to God and the Father for our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love for which you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up to you in heaven, 
of which you previously heard in the word of the truth, the gospel, which come to you just as in all the world also is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from the Eraphorus, our beloved fellow bondservant, who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf. And he also informed us of your love in the Spirit. And now we go for the prayer of the Colossians' growth. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in the manner worthy of the Lord and to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthen through all the power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience and joyously giving thanks to the Father who has who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints and in the light. For he rescued us from the domain of the darkness and from transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sin. And then the exalted Christ. Now we're on line 15. Christ's character. He is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body in the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the, the dead. Also, he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fulfillment to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you, his fleshy body, to the death, in order to present you before him, holy, blameless, and beyond report. If indeed you continue to, in the faith, firmly established and steadfast, and not moving away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which is proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and which I, Paul, was made a minister. And then Christ commissioned to Paul. We're up to 24 now. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I do share on behalf of his body, which is the church, and in filling up and in filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction. Of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship which God's bestowed on me for your benefit, so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God, that is, the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of his his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ to you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him and admonishing in every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mighty works within me. Wow, that's so powerful because uh, what Paul is saying, and he's talking from prison, you're not really treated great in prison. 
anyway, talking from prison and that uh, he's really speaking on behalf of us, the Gentiles that were have not born into the Jewish into the Jewish family and the chosen ones, but were the Gentiles that were also adopted into his family, and uh, that's what he's talking about. I'm so grateful that he was willing to do that for us, and it's quite amazing hearing his own words. You know, these are from his own mouth, and uh, it's quite amazing. Anyway, so I'm going to read the notes from uh, the Ryrie, and uh, let's start at the bottom. It says, "Notice the Colossian believers." triad of the Christian graces, faith, love, and hope. In all the world, what happened in Colossians is happening in all Roman Empire. And then now we're to, I'm reading the notes for one seven. Apparently, the man who evangelized the cities of Lysus uh, Valley and founded the churches of Colossia, Heredopolis, and Lyosdicea, it is his report brought into Paul in Rome about the condition of these churches that prompted the writing of this letter. Okay. And then 10, uh, verses 10 to 12, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Live a life worthy of the Lord, which results in fruitfulness, increased knowledge of God, and then strength to endure and thankfulness. So we've got to keep the gratitude and we've got to endure to the end. And then joyously, this is what distinguishes the Christian steadfastness fastness and patience from the Stoic. So the Stoics aren't too happy, but the Christians are pretty joyful because they know they have another place to go and that God and Jesus are looking out for us. Anyway, the kingdom of his beloved, the kingdom of the son of his love, believers have been rescued from the authority of Satan to that, that of Christ, Christ has saved us. And then it goes, the firstborn of all creation. The son has all the rights belonging to the firstborn because he is preeminent position of all creation. That's beautiful. Okay, now, the notes, let's go on. Uh, 118, the first one to rise from the dead with a resurrected body. And then, uh, in all fullness, the full essence, the powers and the attributes of the deity, deity dwells within Christ. And by 120, it says, to reconcile all things to himself. Christ is the remedy for alienation from God. And eventually, all things will be changed and brought into the unity with him. Even through, through this will involve, even though this will involve judgment. So remember, the next time he comes back to judge. And because the union of the believers with Christ, Paul's suffering for the sake of the church can be called Christ's afflictions as well. As well. That's what the little verse that I was thinking about when I was reading it. I was wondering what he meant by that. It says again in 124, because the union of believers with Christ, Paul's suffering for the sake of the church can be called Christ's affliction as well. Okay, 121, this assignment, office, and the mystery. The secret unknown in Old Testament times, but known now only by divine revelation of the indwelling of Christ. And then 128, complete, mature. The word was also used by the, the mystery religions to designate those who had been initiated into the secrets of those religions. In Christ, all, all can have wisdom and maturity. That was beautiful. And, you know, we, we kind of jump over these letters and don't really read them uh, a lot in our lives. And uh, just to read them like this. You know, we understand well what Paul was trying to say to us and how he's trying to help us. Even though he was sitting in prison, he was still thinking of all the churches and meaning all of us. 
So um, let me see. I'm going to now read you. I'm going to find a story. And uh, excuse me, and read it to you. And uh, let me find a story in guidepost. Hold on a second. So as I'm looking through this, I just want to find something. Let me see. Okay. I think I've got a good one. Okay. It's called My Irascible Aunt Alice, and it's by James Marsh, Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm going down to visit Aunt Alice, I said, staring out at the apartment windows in the courtyard five floors below. I was up from Atlanta visiting my parents in Port Chester, New York, and I always tried to call on family members when there. But I guess what my mother was going to say about this errand. Why do you want to go see her? You know how Alice is. I knew too, only too well. If everyone in our family got good marks on arguing, Aunt Alice was a valedictorian. Naturally abrasive, easily roused, chronically critical. She was a tangled ball of emotions, impossible to love. But she was Dad's sister, and she lived only three floors downstairs from my parents' place. I figured I could make a quick visit and escape before my, my patience had too sorely been tried. I'm going down, I repeated. But in the elevator, I girded myself in the questions that would come. Everything I did seemed to meet Alice's disapproval. My move away from home, my work with prisoners, my faith. I stood staring at the door of my apartment, of the apartment 204. I sighed deeply and leaned on the doorbell, saying a prayer for strength. Her squeaky arthritic footsteps seemed slower this year. Then they were drowned out by her call. I'm coming. Hold your horses. She crackled the door wide enough to show her derisive scowl. Oh, it's you, she said, pursed through her lips. Come on in. Only four feet, 11 inches tall. She could knock you out with one of those acoustic comments. Pointing to a seat at her quarter dining table, she immediately served up a complaint. Why doesn't your father ever visit me? Alice, why don't you ride the elevator up three floors and ask him yourself, I I said, snapping at the bait. Well, he never asked me to come, and why doesn't your brother Bill ever write a call? And what about your sister? And I could feel myself becoming heated. Look, I complained. I live in Atlanta. I don't know what goes on here in Port Chester. Why are you so cranky? Trying to tune her out, I glanced around the apartment. It hadn't changed much. The sink was cluttered with plastic foam meal trays and unwashed cups. The living room couch displayed handmade afghans guarded by stuffed dolls. Corner stood a mahogany bookshelf holding a hundred miniature china dogs. I thought back to when I was a seven-year-old boy, fascinated by the dogs. One day when I thought she wasn't looking, I picked up a tiny black terrier. Suddenly I heard her scream, put that down. Startled, I dropped the pooch. She swooped down and inspected all the canines. Don't you ever touch these again, she cried. They're mine. Even now I squirmed at the memory. Let's have some Irish soda bread and tea, she announced. This was another ritual. She brought out some stale bread and wheat tea, and then she watched carefully to see how much butter and jam I used. And when we finished, she made her usual request. How about a game of Scrabble? Staring at me from the table was a New York Times magazine crossword puzzle. Completely finished, a right, she repeated every Sunday. 
I wiped down from my lips, and she took out the Scrabble board. I spelled cat, dog, and boat, and she laid out xylophone, zephyr, and parquet. Each time she put down a good word, she'd rub it in with a nasal snicker, adding points to the already lopsided scoring column. Her gnarled fingers wrapped around the pencil. Throughout the torturous match, there were more barbs. The, the priest hardly ever comes, and when he comes, he rushes out. Your mother hardly ever comes, and my sister Agnes never visits. Look on, Alice, I blurted. I don't know about your rel- our relatives. They don't come to see me either. But you don't see me whining about it, do you? My blood was boiling. What is your problem? With that, Alice turned her guns on me. So when are you going to get married? Is there a woman in the picture? My hands are shaking now. Alice sat quietly for a moment and then looks right at me, saying, and stop sending me those Bible references to look up. I don't like having to look things up in the Bible. That did it. Alice, I have to go. Goodbye. I hurried out the elevator, wishing her the worst. I couldn't love her. I don't even like her. She made me feel as trapped as the prisoners I ministered to. Back in Atlanta, I put her out of my mind. Three weeks later, I was attending a training conference for work. Is there anything hindering your relationship with God, the speaker said? Is there any person who makes you feel angry? Ask God's forgiveness and give up your resentment. I closed my eyes. There in my mind, I could see Aunt Alice, but oddly enough, she seemed to be holding a fishing rod, reeling the line in. Then I understood. I always went for the bait, lured by her accusation and complaints. She had her hook in me. Lord, I prayed, forgive me. I have been trapped by my anger. Let me just accept Alice as she is, feisty and opinionated. Forgive me for my impatience. Let me see her as a person. Six months later, I went back to Port Chester, and standing in front of the apartment, 204, I felt a curious eagerness to see my aunt again. Oh, it's you, she said. Come on in. Your father hasn't been down in months. Why? I don't know, Alice, but it's good to see you. I kissed her forehead and looked at her lonely blue eyes. Well, what about Bill? He never comes. And Roberta might as well be a total stranger, not even a call. I don't know, I said, noticing her eyes searching mine for an emotional response. I hadn't heard from Patricia in years. I haven't either. And Uncle Tommy comes, but he doesn't stay long. I'm sorry. The next five minutes were almost fun, like playing tennis but not having to win. Aunt Alice, I interrupted, let's have some Irish soda bread and tea. I'll fix it if you'll sit up the Scrabble board. She smiled and cleared the table. During the game, I said, Alice, tell me about the time when you were a telephone operator. And for the next hour, she chatted on about her life at the phone company. While talking, she didn't make one complaint. Then she described the sudden death of her husband and her own fears. When I died, I had nobody, no children. I didn't know where to turn. Her eyes lowered. It was hard when my father died, too, she continued. I was just a teenager, and I had four sisters and a brother to look after. My mother had to take in borders to make ends meet. Staring at her fingers, she related how arthritis had plagued her over the years. Day by day, she made herself get up and go. Suddenly before me, I could see a valiant person with remarkable coping skills. No wonder she was so bossy. She's a survivor. And as I left, I gave Alice a big hug. Over her shoulder, I noticed a china dog and took to myself, I love you, Aunt Alice, and said and kissed her cheek. She kissed me back and said, I love you too. A maturing process happened that day. I learned how to look beyond a lonely woman's verbal combat to discover the person God knew. A strong and giving person, a soul needing love and affirmation, my Aunt Alice. 
And to think I could have missed knowing her. Amen. We all know everybody, somebody just like Aunt Alice. And you know what? We have to have patience and love. And how many relationships are we are we missing just because we can't stand that to be in that person's presence because they're so caustic? Let God mature us. Let God help us. And let God do for us what we can't do for ourselves. So let's overlook the irritations and the small things that are keeping us away from the love of each other. And we ask this in Jesus' name to help us. So let's close with our traditional prayer. And I want to let everybody know I love you so much. And thank you for being with me on the Sunday morning. And thank you for listening to us in the archives, too. I miss you. I love you. And I'll see you next week. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. See you next week. Take care, everybody. God bless. In Jesus' name, amen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.